This is episode number 166 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hi, my friends. It's Jesse. Before we hop into today's show, I want to direct your attention and specifically your buns to my Glute Getter Guide, which is a free PDF download that you can get sent straight to your inbox. The Glute Getter Guide is going to give you six done for you workouts that are between five to 15 minutes long. You can easily fit these into your life over the upcoming holidays from home tonight, whenever you're listening to this. So here's the thing, pregnancy and postpartum can impact the function and the strength of our glute muscles, which are those on your backside. And better yet, strong buns can really help your pelvic floor do its job to keep you dry and comfortable too. So if you are pregnant, postpartum, or a parent, if you have diastasis recti, pelvic organ prolapse, if you're managing incontinence or low back pain, or if you are short on time, or simply if strength training feels overwhelming for you right now and you want workouts that are planned for you that are not overcomplicating the whole dang thing, go ahead and get my glute getter guide. The link to it is in the show notes of today's episode and you will get it sent straight to your inbox. Have fun. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. Today we are covering returning to running postpartum part two. So part one of this series is back on episode number 120. So you can hop back there if you want to listen to the questions that we covered in that first section. And in part two today in a follow-up, I am going to be covering more questions that have come in from you all on how to return to running postpartum after a hiatus from running after a pregnancy. So there are still some questions that we want to cover here on that to give you just a whole lot more clarity on how to make this process of returning to running postpartum more comfortable, feel better on your core and pelvic floor, and just ensure that you're doing this in a way that feels really good on your body and your mind. Okay, so this is all in the spirit, too, of us starting an eight-week run training program with our two Pregnancy and Beyond members. We start on April 5th, and if you have been following along with me for really any length of time, but particularly over the last few years, you will know that... I would not in any way consider myself to be a runner or even someone who likes to run. 
I used to do a lot of running about 10 years ago when I lived in Vancouver, British Columbia, where I was doing my master's degree in kinesiology, studying prenatal and postnatal exercise. I really got into running around that time. And since then, I just haven't done much at all. It really didn't feel good on my body the way I was running and training and, you know, the recovery that I was not taking into consideration whatsoever at that point. What I do love is some sprinting and so built for that fast stuff rather than the long steady state things. So that is more so what our run training program will be about. It'll be a little bit quicker, faster. We'll get into a bit more volume or a bit longer stuff, but we're not training for a 5k or a 10k or a half marathon. All our running time is going to be between 13 to 26 minutes. So I really you know, selfishly built it around what I like to do, but I think it's going to be super fun for our members. And I'll keep you up to date on how you'll be able to join us starting April 5th in this eight week postpartum return to running program. And I think it's going to be fun just to watch me go through this (laughs) and hear all the complaining that I have to do about it. All right, so let's get into part two of this series on running post-pregnancy. I have six questions that I want to give you answers on today. These have all come in from our community, the listeners. So thank you so much for these. And let's hop right in. Question number one, do you need to wait longer after a cesarean birth than you would a vaginal birth to return to running? I love this question. Super smart. It's a question that a lot of my fitness coaching clients have too especially those who have had a C-section, whether it is recent or not so recent at all, but are still feeling the impacts on their body of that cesarean procedure. So my answer here is not necessarily, given that a vaginal birth recovery can be so different for every body. And cesarean recovery can be so different for every body. So I think we often have these ideas that a vaginal birth recovery will be quote unquote easier or simpler, faster. And that really just is not the case across the board. For some people, absolutely, their vaginal birth recovery will seem simpler and they'll feel really well quite quickly and like their mobility, their ability to move around and get back to exercise might seem quite fast. And for some people who have a vaginal birth, that recovery can also be a difficult process and a long road, depending on how that birth actually goes. What I just want you to take into consideration is your specific healing, how your body physically, you know, is the tissue healing, not just on the scar that you can see, but the layers deep into your abdomen, how those tissues are healing, how those tissues are moving for you. In any event, the return to running after a C-section or a vaginal birth, we want to take this process of slow, progressive movement, 
with more volume and load over time. And that's how we'll make the decision if you are ready, when you are ready to get back into an exercise like running, which is loaded, which is highly impactful, which needs some sort of foundation of support that the body can handle. So do you need to wait longer after a C-section than you would a vaginal birth to return to running? Not necessarily. Every body is going to heal at different rates. Every body is going to be quote unquote ready for the load and impact of running on their own time. Of course, I would recommend that you wait for clearance from your medical provider before you start running. And for my clients, I recommend even longer until we get 12 weeks postpartum or three months into or out of, sorry, the fourth trimester. That is generally speaking when I, as a coach, would feel most comfortable guiding and coaching someone back into running. Absolutely, there are exceptions to the rule. But again, that conversation as a coach, I find that conversation really nice to have with the client because there are so many moving parts to postpartum that are not only the physical body that we should take into consideration. Question two, I have a stage two cystocele, which is a bladder prolapse, and have been told by my physical therapist not to run. I love running for supporting my postpartum anxiety. Is there any way I can get back to it safely? Such a good question. I never want to overstep what a physical therapist or a physiotherapist has offered as advice, what they say, what they believe, your relationship with them. Obviously they have so much more information than I have from a single question alone. So absolutely heed their advice. And that said, I also struggle with this, these blanket statements that say no, no running at all. And I wonder where that comes from ultimately, if there are specifics that I don't know from your scenario or there are specifics about the physical therapist and their mindset around running with pelvic organ prolapse that I don't know. Personally, person in your body to start testing and trying out some running if that is what you like to do. This is, again, so key for me in my work with my clients, and I know for Anita in working with her patients, is that we are always trying to get our people back to or into the activities they want to and love to do. That is our role. So for sure, there might be times when we say not yet or let's hit these, these markers before we get back into running, but it's so rare that we would say, no, not happening, never going to happen, don't do it we for sure take more of the approach of testing and trying. So instead of saying don't run, I wonder what would happen if we tried running for 10 to 15 seconds, resting and recovering, and see how your body responds to that. So again, 
this might be a conversation to continue having with your physical therapist. If it's something that you decide you want to do, might there be a plan in place that they can support you on? And if they can't, then that might be something that you need to consider for your own self in that relationship. Question number three, I've never seemed to lose weight with running. Am I not doing enough? Am I not running fast enough? Not running far enough? What am I doing wrong? So you are not doing anything wrong at all. What I want you to know is with running, with exercise, with any workout or movement program, you might not lose weight at all. Your body composition might not change at all. And what the fitness industry of which I am in has sold you on is that a workout program is there to change your body. And we know when we say change our bodies, we know that means make it smaller. We know that means lose fat, lose weight, change our body composition to some degree. And it might not happen. For me, I know my body has stayed relatively just the same shape for years and years, and I have been exercising at all different volumes and intensities for many years. I know for a lot of my clients, they'll start with us on our Two Pregnancy and Beyond program, and their body shape doesn't change at all for the months or the years that they're with us. And what we are led to believe is that that is failure. And like this person was asking, am I not doing enough? I'm not doing it hard enough, I'm not running fast enough. We might need to adjust our mindset around exercise and our body and what the purpose and the point is. So I'm not going to say that you should want to lose weight or you should not want to lose weight with running. All I can offer you is the knowing that it might not change at all with what you're doing and you're not doing it wrong. So I would look at what does the running offer you? What does the exercise offer you? Is it, is it enough with your body composition not changing? What else is in it for you? Is it worth it if you're not going to lose weight or have a smaller body from it? Question number four, I've considered myself to be a runner for the last decade. Then I got pregnant and could not comfortably keep running after 20 weeks in my pregnancy. I'm now 10 months postpartum, feeling well, have been back to strength training, have seen a physio for multiple sessions. My core and pelvic floor health is in good condition. How do I even begin running again? We covered part of this in part one of this series. So episode number 120, returning to running postpartum, but I'll just give a couple snippets specific to this question. So you stopped running at 20 weeks in your pregnancy. You're now 10 months postpartum. So that's a significant period of time for some people, especially those who consider themselves to be runners to have not run for. So I bet you are itching to get back to it. 
which I hope will feel so good for you and will be fun for you. So I would just start with thinking about your mindset around it. So how do you even begin to get back to running again is the main question. I want you to be asking yourself, what do I want from the running? As we were just talking about in question number three, what's the purpose? What is the intention with it? Your life is so different now, right? With being postpartum, your life is so different than it was during that pregnancy or before that pregnancy. Your body is different now, even if you're feeling well, and I'm so glad that you are feeling well and that your core and public health is really supporting you. But think about your mindset around it. What do you want from the running? How much time do you have to spend running? What are you able to recover from now with the running? Because this body might not respond to the running workouts, to the recovery of the running workouts, like a different version of your body did. Track, obviously, seeing the physical therapist, doing your core recovery work. The next step that I would add in, if you haven't yet, is some full body strength training work. And I generally recommend at least four weeks of that before getting back into running, but that could be less depending on what you have been doing for your exercise routine or with that physical therapy work. I assume you've probably been walking, doing some leisurely walking up until this point. So that is great if you can get out even two, three times a week for some walking before getting back into running wonderful and then let's go for it let's try it and test it so I would say spend the next two to four weeks getting into some strength training getting into some consistent walking and then let's go for testing the running question number five I feel great during my runs but I notice I get some feelings of urinary urgency for the rest of the day after my run what's up with this this is so, so common. So I want you to know if you're experiencing this too, you are by no means alone with the sensations. So let's be clear on the feelings of urinary urgency. For a lot of people that will feel like this sense that they need to go pee so often, even if they just went to the bathroom 15, 30 minutes ago, they're already feeling like they have to pee again. And then they'll sit down, they'll try to empty the bladder, and very little or none will come out. Or it's this feeling that you need to pee right away. When that urge comes on, it's like you're worried that you're not going to make it to the bathroom in time. So here's what I recommend if you're getting these feelings of urge after a run or even during a run, but this person was specific to after. I want you to take a look at what's happening even before you get into the run. Are you warming up or just going straight into the run? I would love for you to incorporate a mini warm up before actually going into the run. And we'll talk about warm ups in just a second. So bear with me. But I want you to get in a little bit of a warm up and honestly, two to five minutes, something short. And again, we'll talk about what those specifics look like. During the runtime, I want you to notice what's happening in your breath, your belly, 
your pelvic floor and your trunk, okay? What is happening in your breath? Are you breathing? Nice big inhales, nice big exhales. Or are you feeling a bit stuck with the breath? Or like the breath is up just high in the chest. I want you to see if you can deepen that and send that breath down a little bit lower into the rib cage. With your belly, are you bracing it in, sucking it in, holding tension in your abdominals? Let's see if you can let that go. Same with your pelvic floor. Are you gripping? Are you squeezing it up? Do you have that kegeling sensation in your pelvic floor muscles? Let's see if we can release some tension there and just have a little bit of trust that the pelvic floor is going to respond how it needs to respond to keep you dry through that run. I know that when we have some pelvic floor symptoms that ramp up, it can make us feel scared and anxious that more weird pelvic floor stuff is going to happen and to avoid it, we just need to squeeze those pelvic floor muscles super tight and that's gonna be the thing that saves us. And honestly, it's generally not. It tends to make things feel even uh, not so great, extra not so great, okay? So let that pelvic floor go. Don't even think too much about it. All likelihood, it's going to do what it needs to do to support you. And I mentioned your trunk, so your upper body. We can get really tight and robotic through the upper body. And you might have heard us talk about it before on the podcast, but a little tip we learned from physiotherapist in Australia, Robin Kerr, is to just get a bit of rotation happening through the upper body, the whole trunk moving from 11 o'clock to one o'clock, 11 to one as you take a step. And you can practice that in your walking. Okay, so a little bit of rotation. And the last thing I want you to do after the run is some pelvic floor relaxation type work or breathing and really feeling release and relaxation through the pelvic floor. So that could simply be getting into a child's pose position with the knees wide. It could be lying on your side on the floor, lying on your back or on your belly and just breathing, nice big inhales, nice big exhales. You can focus in to breathe into the sides of the rib cage, the front and the back, into the belly, send the breath all the way into the pelvic floor and then exhale and just let the breath go. So I think if we focus on what's happening even before you get into the run with that little mini warm up, what's happening during the run, let the body go. And then what's happening after the run, let's get in some pelvic floor relaxation and some breath work. All right, last question, question number six, how should I warm up before going to run? Do I just start running? All right, I find them boring. I don't care for them. I just like to get into the workout. That said, not with running because this bod does not feel like it can handle going into that type of impact. I can handle going into a strength training workout without a warm-up, but not high impact as running is. So here are my five parts to a running warm-up. You ready? Breath, abs, 
glutes and hamstrings, rotation and plyos. Breath, abs, glutes and hamstrings, rotation and plyos. All right, so here's how we're structuring a warm up. And this will be fully laid out for you in the eight week return to running program, which we're starting on April 5th, if you're wanting this fully planned out for you. So the breath part of it is one breathing exercise, more than that if you want to, but at least one breathing exercise where we are reminding ourselves to fill up the rib cage, send some breath into the abs, the belly, the pelvic floor, exhale it out. We can connect this to the pelvic floor, but for now, I just want you to think, nice breath in, nice breath out. Second part is the abs. I want you to do some sort of exercise that gets in, fires up those abdominal muscles. Glutes and hamstrings, same thing. Some type of exercise that gets the glutes and the hamstrings feeling warm, fired up. Glute bridges, uh, hip thrust, anything where you're focused on the backside of the legs. Rotation, so some exercise where you're moving side to side with the trunk, some type of movement where you remind your body that it can turn in different ways, not just move front to back. And then last segment of that running warm up, plyos or plyometrics. So a little bit of jumping, a little bit of hopping, and this could be so simple, low to the ground. It could be higher off the ground. So I'm just hopping right in place, two legs, one leg, box jump, jumping from a height down to the floor, something to let your body know, hey, this is what we're going to start to do. So remember that that running is plyometric. It is jumping work. It is landing work. It is high impact work. So get in a little bit of a mini warm up. And again, this can be two to five minutes long before you get into it so you can prep your body for what's to come. All right, my friends, that's it. Returning to running postpartum part two, six questions and answers for you today that I hope would be super helpful as you get into running postpartum after a hiatus or you're trying running for the very first time. All right, go have fun. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 